0: oh look at that i knew something about a punk band just some old fat
1: drunk dudes jumping up
2: (laughs) this tree just planted itself
1: right on top of the cement i did watch a youtube video today my dad mashed potatoed of chris grava aaron doesn't know who chris (laughs) grava is it's so good (laughs) that's great Welcome back to the
2: Puncture, everybody. This is Aaron, and I am joined here by my uh, co-hosts and employees,
1: Mike, yeah. Jesse. Yeah. Hi, everybody. This is Mike. And that's Jesse. Uh, thank you guys for all the yes. wonderful work that you do for me. Jesse's wearing a tank top. Uh, it's he's got a real tank toppy. It's um. Is that a tank top, ref- or
2: is that like what we used to call wife beaters? Uh,
1: yes. That was a big miss
2: uh (laughs) like that that was pretty bad because yes was not an appropriate answer to
1: that question no no just like to use that term was that was a pretty wild one well i mean
2: i said that's what we used to call it we don't call it that anymore
1: yeah and if i said
2: undershirt you would think i'm thinking like a a white t-shirt it's not specific enough to what jesse's wearing
1: i believe it's an a shirt yeah i am i am
0: not how many people
2: know a shirt though
1: um i think most people who have shopped or purchased men's undergarments would know okay so jesse of, is that a tank top
2: or a...
0: an a shirt
1: this is an uh a shirt okay okay it's navy blue so it kind of threw me off i thought you were just you know trying to show off your sculpted guns jesse mm-hmm. that's all well,
0: well i had gotten ready to go to bed uh-huh uh, um and so i'm just in my underwear because that's how i sleep in bed pretty often most often and uh, but then I remembered that we were going to uh, talk together thusly. Um, and so then I
1: stopped getting
0: in bed and I
1: came so instead, here. Instead, you're just here in your underwear, all sexy for the punk tree, mm-hmm. which is you are the Chris Caraba of our show, Jesse. You are the Chris Caraba of our show. Of our show. <laughs> all right. Okay. We have a lot to talk about uh, on this episode and um, we probably won't even finish the conversation because a lot of awesome stuff's been happening a lot of really cool things and the coolest thing is we have been able to see a lot of live music and so we will get to that conversation soon and we'll talk about some of the shows we've seen a lot of them together which has been a really fun thing uh but before we do that how about some music that we have not even seen we have only heard and it hasn't been live but it's been recorded how about that
2: like you're you're talking about like what we've been inserting in our ear holes recently yes yes okay
1: Yeah. All right. I'm I'm on board now. Cool. Well, why don't you go first, Aaron? Okay, cool.
2: Um, One band I've actually been listening to a little bit recently is Dead Kennedys. And uh, this just happened. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and they mentioned Cambodia. And obviously, the song Holiday in Cambodia started playing in my head. So I immediately switched from the podcast to the Dead Kennedys and I've regularly been listening to them since. A fun side story, later that day in one of my classes, I was talking to a girl and asking her for a music uh, suggestion for our class, and she didn't know, and I was like, what do you listen to? And she said, the first thing she said was punk. And I, thinking she was gonna say like Blink-182, asked her, so like what? (gasps) Dead Kennedys. And we made a much deeper connection and it was great we shared music together it was awesome
1: that's really cool that's super cool nice, it was um, one of my favorite things when I, when I first started teaching actually it was finding students that um, I could get into music talk with so so you've been to school for a year or two and you know you've seen it all that is coming and you'll go far back east you're don't crawl play at Jazz Rachel parade your on your bob Stereo
0: you know oh man um I have been listening a ton to um, one of my favorite bands just put out a new record kind of it's not it's literally, uh, it's not a record <laughs> uh, Emery is one of my favorite bands and they released music in a new and unique way um, what they did for this album it's called rub some dirt on it um, and you cannot purchase it all you can do is you can go watch it. You can just go watch it because the album, they released it by recording it live on video and a really uh, a great audio capture. And so like it, it was an experience I'd never had before listening to a, a brand new album while, while simultaneously watching them actually record exactly what I'm hearing. Although they, there was there was obviously engineering and, and post-production mixing and stuff. But what I mean is like, what they're playing is what you're hearing and it's their new music. So it's not like, oh, I know these songs and now I'm getting to see them live. It's like, this is the very first time I'm experiencing this. And uh, the album's great, oh my gosh. It's really fun. And it was a very cool new way to experience uh, releasing music.
2: Okay, so is it great or is it fun or is it
1: both both okay it's, it's, it's great wicked. it's wicked awesome
0: It's great and it's fun and it's great fun
1: Um, I have been hearing many things. Um, one thing I've been listening to a lot is I, I did buy, uh, some Too Bad Eugene vinyl at one of the shows that we will talk about at some point. So I've been, I've been spending that quite a bit. Um, but I really want to mention something I did today. Uh, I, um, I was listening to, uh, the podcast and I can't remember the name of the podcast, but we'll, we'll throw a link. It's a singer from, um another band that we've heard recently uh touche Amore. um he has a podcast where he talks about artists and and like their first how they got into music and i was listening to the episode with dustin kinsrew um and they were talking about the song round here by counting crows which Kinsru covered on his live uh covers album a few years ago um, and we heard him play live i heard him play it at least once or twice live mm-hmm. uh and so they were talking about it and like referencing like the, the, the version everybody knows from the radio and then this acoustic version that's a little more rare. And so I went down a deep dive and I spent probably like 45 minutes or so listening to like a bunch of different versions of the song by a few different artists and even some random people just like on YouTube. Um, and it's just such an amazing, amazing song. Uh, Like, I dug into some of, like, the song meaning websites and stuff about it. He he did a VH1 Storytellers years ago uh, talking about it being about, like, being an artist while everybody around you is, like, doing the thing you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're going for it, and you're, like, washing dishes to, like, scrape by, but your friends are, like, going to college and going to have careers, and you really believe in this thing, though, and that makes you seem like a crazy person to a lot of people. They're going to have an office, yeah right. Um, and so it's it's uh, it's just an incredible song and it's it's worth if anybody is like me or I think like you guys and likes to like really really know what an artist is trying to say. it's a great song to put on and uh, it's a great song to put on and just like listen while reading all the lyrics. She lives
0: alone on her private
1: with her palm trees and her seashells and she sits in the waves all day she says she's scared of dying Well, I'm scared of dying so she she sends a boat out on the sea with a little note from me it says why are all the girls so hungry so why are all the girls so hungry Why are all the boys so lonely? And why can't anybody see me? Why? 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 That's great.
0: That's great. Well, you're also having a nice sip there. What have you got, Mike? What are you drinking? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, So I've got this cool thing happening at my job. We have these, we call them secret pals. Uh, but, like, once a month, you have somebody who you secretly that are, like... Sounds, that sounds like it could... Mm. <laughs> that sounds, like, that an sounds um, <laughs> like an HR problem. That sounds like an HR problem. It's, uh, you're, like, paired with somebody... Or, you're not even paired. You have somebody, and so they have somebody that's, like, random and secret. And uh, you just, secret. like... You do something nice, like a small gift or something for them once a month. Um, and so, we filled out, like, a survey of stuff you're into, what you like. And you know, I think I'm, I'm a pretty cheap date because I, I included that I liked beer on there. And so I get like, I got one today actually. Um, I get like a six pack of like, you know, mixed pint cans of various beers once a month just left on my desk at work, which is pretty cool. So, this one is actually from uh, a couple weeks ago, my last drop off. And it is uh, by a brewery here in San Diego County. It's actually in Carlsbad. And I'm going to pronounce it the best I could because I actually looked it up. Um, it's a French word and it's pronounced roulier. Roulier. Are you talking vomit? Yeah, it sounds like vomit. Roulier. And so, uh, I think that means uh, roller, basically. It's, and so, this, this beer is uh, it's called 2x2. It's actually a collaboration with Hopsbauer, which is a brewery in San Diego. Um, it's called 2x2, and it is a double dry hopped double IPA. And it's very good, but it's uh, powerful. It's like a very, very astringent, almost like hoppy. It reminds me of an old beer by uh, Green Flash. Called Palette Wrecker, actually. That um, wait, me that of, reminds you of Palette Wrecker. It reminds me of Pallet Wrecker. Back how, like... how big? How big is it? Uh, this is eight and a half percent.
0: Palette Wrecker so, was like fourteen.
1: No, I think no. it was ten. I think it was ten. Uh, but this is you know this is like that. It's a high alcohol flavor, but also very like soap, soapish, but not bad. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? You got something? Uh,
2: I'm drinking Super Sunset IPA from AleSmith. It's a West Coast IPA made with uh, Mosaic, Simcoe, and Galaxy hops. I think I read on the can, um, but it's delicious.
1: Where
0: did you say it was?
2: What was the brewery? AleSmith.
0: Oh, nice. I was just think I didn't quite catch which one you had it from, and I was like, oh, we've all got something local today. Nothing, nothing out of town. Yes, because because I- I've got a the pupil which Mm. is uh, an ipa uh, from society which is another uh i mean i'd say up and coming but they were up and coming like almost a decade ago they're pretty well established here in san diego uh reputable for sure they're not really that small they're mid to mid to large for a craft brewery i would would say um but i have been enjoying this for sure and uh, the pupil is a, a tropical hop triumph uh, bright notes of guava and mango with a clean and dry finish. Again, not reading this from the can. This is just kind of my just off the cuff, just kind of thoughts about it. It's kind of clean and dry in the finish, though, and uh, it really makes this a, a crowd favorite since day one. Wow. Jesse,
2: I would just really like to commend you on your ability to describe the palette of beer so eloquently.
1: So do. I, I mean, it's amazing, Jesse. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, big, you
2: should think about writing these descriptions for breweries.
0: My, my actual take on it actually does kind of match up with some of the things that are there. It's It really does. Wait, wait, wait. The, so you read something from the can? No, no. At this point, I'll tell you what the can says because it matches up with what I just had said before, which were my own thoughts. Okay. okay. Right. So here's what the can has to say. <laughs> um, basically, it says, this beer's pretty juicy in like a tropical sort of a way um but also the finish doesn't have that juicy finish it's it's dry
1: i hate when people say sort (laughs) of a way (laughs) like what is the a for sort of a way we don't need that i don't know we don't need that i don't even i don't (laughs) even know what i said Are, are we cutting it out i don't even know no we're not all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the chat. Um, so we we have just had the pleasure of going to a bunch of live music. Um, we're going to another show tomorrow. We are going to another show tomorrow, and uh, oh man, it's been great to like oh, yeah. go and be in person. And so I think the way we we kind of I think we planned is we're going to do it chronologically.
0: Right. So- we didn't go to one show. We're talking a plethora
1: have been to yeah. a lot, and so we're gonna hit these oh. as 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 I would. We're not gonna do it as quickly as we can. I want to be thorough and 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 remember and and, and share, um, but you know we'll kind of walk through it and uh, we'll see how far we get this evening. Um, but we're gonna start with an artist that was a standalone show, um, and it's an artist that it's pretty cool because in the time that we've been been creating the the punk tree. This is this is a band and an artist that we've actually talked about pretty consistently um, for over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm excited to share that we got to go see drum roll somebody. Uh huh. We got to go see David Bazan, um, singer and songwriter known for the group Pedro the Lion. Um, we got to see him not only uh, as a solo act, but in an extremely intimate, uh, show.
2: Oh yeah. It was very exclusive. Only 40 people were allowed to attend.
1: Right. And, and I didn't know what to expect. Um, if anybody who's listening wants to kind of dig into him, uh, you can buy his music everywhere. I I really encourage you to buy his, uh, his records wherever you can find them. They're on everything from Amazon. I think it's even better if you buy them from his website. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also a documentary, I think it's on Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video, called Strange Negotiations, and it outlines kind of the project of his life the last several years of touring by playing a lot of home shows and things like home shows. And that's really what we were a part of, was like uh, kind of like a home show, but it was a little bigger. Yeah.
2: I think about the same number of people that would be at a home show just spread out because of our... Current pandemic situation.
0: Yeah, he it was it was so intimate that he showed up late, and there was no question about like why the show was starting late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we it were wasn't like oh, oh, oh what are they taking forever to like set up the gear? Come on, backline stuff. Let's go get. What are you waiting for? Tune your <laughs> what gear? whatever it is. And he
2: didn't even really set up. He just walked in with um, a gig bag. With a gig bag, opened his guitar um, case, pulled it out started playing stopped and said uh i know it's hot but we're gonna turn these fans off also i don't think i need to plug in here
1: he didn't plug yep. in he didn't, he didn't use a microphone in. nothing no and we i were... was
2: amazed at how l- big and loud his voice was
0: yeah he's
2: guy's like strong. he didn't have to contend One. with his guitar at all it didn't seem like no
1: nope. and at first i was kind of worried like oh man like i kind of want to hear the fullness of, like, a great sound system. And I actually really like when there's, like, a song, singer-songwriter with just an acoustic guitar, but it's powerful in a venue. Yeah. I like that sound. And this was not that. It was almost like um, I have an artist friend who makes a lot of books of his art, and he never uses bold text, and he never makes the font bigger for titles or anything. And, like, part of the reason is he's, like, if you do that, then the then the the audience stops working to like engage, mm-hmm. and I, I it made me think of that when he came up and started playing a just unplugged, truly unplugged. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh man, we are like actually kind of working to like pay attention, and there was something I think about that.
0: Yeah, it felt right for sure for for the venue, for the time, for the space, for the people. Yeah, it felt appropriate for sure to to not plug in and it was i'm glad he so glad he didn't
1: yeah the venue is also interesting for sure (laughs) that was its own part of the experience (laughs) of seeing him
2: oh yeah especially um considering kind of his past and his relationship with uh christian music because we did see him in a church and yes, anyone who's familiar with David Bazan knows that he sort of started out kind of in this
1: like Christian alternative kind of.
2: Yeah, but he wasn't even like totally full in. Right. It was kind of uh, ambivalent whether yeah. they were a Christian group or not. But the Christian music scene really took to him because he was popular. He was a good artist. They were a good band. And the message was one that was like easy to sell to a Christian uh, audience. But then they kind of abandoned him. And I think Mike can probably talk a little bit more about that than I can.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he was really young. And he talks about this in different mm-hmm. interviews and things. Um, and his, his own worldview was not like fully developed during that time. And so, you know, if you, if you tie yourself to anything too tightly, you will, you will have a hard time with the disappointment of the imperfection of that thing. And, uh, you know, I, f- we could use all kinds of different terms. I think that the most, uh, honest term, especially if you're hearing him talk about it, cause that was, that was a part of the show as he engaged us in conversation. Like he's literally having conversations with some of us as we're sitting there. Yeah. Um, I would say he, um, simply put it uh, he clearly expresses that he you know doesn't believe in a god Um, he doesn't not believe that there's something it seems um and he you know has attended things like i think he said he went to like a unitarian universalist church and he, he kind of enjoyed the experience it was a refreshing kind of thing um yeah and he definitely wrestles with Uh, faith and and his own sort of belief history um even on his most recent record um phoenix um and so uh so yeah so it was interesting seeing him in a church that itself is kind of a deconstructed physical church as well Oh yeah i mean
2: they were selling us beer and like um, the, the pastor
1: actually so yeah, the, the pastor sold the pastor sold us a beer, a few beers. He didn't actually. sell
0: it. He was just providing it.
1: No, no. We gave I believe him. we, we compensated
2: him for the cost of the beer.
1: We we paid for the beer, but it was kind of funny to sit in like church pews while we're like drinking beers and like mm. crushing the cans and sticking them where the Bibles and hymnals like used to be yeah, in the back <laughs> of the pew. Yep. That, <laughs> maybe, felt, that,
0: that was nice. Yeah. Was maybe a good, I'll was try to find party the experience. Picture.
1: I took a picture of it. Maybe I'll put it on um, Instagram or something. Um, Make
2: sure you uh, tag the church
1: nice. when you do it. Nice, nice. Um, and I also think there's this interesting play there because, uh, you know, he's coming in as somebody who has, you know, quote unquote, like kind of left faith, right? Or something like that. Um, you know, everyone who's there is sort of a representative of kind of this, like, Gen X to millennial group of people who, you know, I I, I would guess a lot of the people there are people who have experienced some form of like deconstruction or whatever we want to call it. People who have wrestled with faith in some way.
2: I think everyone's on somewhere on the spectrum of um, between full on like evangelical Christian and like right before you hit agnostic or atheist.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, including that church itself, which is is fascinating because I I think that the church itself that we went to, um, I know I have a lot of friends who've been a part of like the cultivated conference that happens in that exact same space, um, which is kind of like when people hear about the evangelical church in America, this is part of a group of, of people locally in San Diego that are like not that at all, sort of the other end of the spectrum that really rejects a lot of what we have seen um, with Christian nationalism and other stuff. So, mm-hmm. I it was an incredible show as well. He played, uh, I would say, he played songs kind of across the discography. I uh, played some real old Page of the Lion stuff. He played some some newer things. Um, honestly, he played probably three or four songs I didn't really know, um, which was kind of great because um, I wasn't trying to like hear the track i was just listening to the performance and i really like that
0: yeah i actually have a few um uh like voice memos that i just recorded of a few like snippets of songs so we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely be like interjecting a few of those throughout the conference in fact you probably already heard at least one of them as as we were discussing this but um yeah so we'll get a few of those in that's a great and those are that's that's live live in the room so You, you might even hear beer cans clanking against the pews
1: yeah (laughs) one thing that if if i could like critique the night at all was definitely that he had no music to sell which i thought was so like wild like i went there fully like hoping because his music's available to an extent but like i'm pretty actively collecting vinyl right now and i was like man i would love to get some of his other albums on vinyl that are are not available Maybe he'll have them with him on tour uh, and I think the only thing he was selling was like a poster poster yeah just yeah. a poster and I was like man I, I wanted to give you my money I, I really wanted to
0: well uh, yeah and that was a show that, that all of us were at together and it was that was the first we it was the first show that we'd been to like in person in 18 months or something if not a little more. Yeah. But but um we we went to we gosh we have so many more uh, bands to talk about in shows yeah, that we attended. Go. Next of which next of which is the band. It's the band. It's, it's our band.
1: I do not miss this. I do not no. miss this band when they come. I have missed one of their shows one time that I could have gone to and it was literally because my my dad passed away. It was the only reason that I've ever missed seeing this band. Um and so we did get to really—I mean, Bazan was amazing. It was a great show. It was also kind of a warm-up show because it was small. Mm-hmm. Then we got to see Thrice at the Observatory, which is like a full-on big show. Um, How many
0: people fit in there? Two, two, I don't or know. three thousand. It was—it was—it
1: was a little bit of a nervous place because it was—that was definitely the first time I had really been around a crowd like that. Um since everything's gone haywire so um but oh my gosh they did not disappoint
0: yeah never never have
1: And I, I was like, I, I mentioned that podcast um, with the Touche guy. Um, he asked, he asked Kendrew on that show about, about the rehearsal. Cause they recorded it when they were about to launch into the tour. And, uh, and Kendrew said that they had been rehearsing every single day. Like, and you could just tell it, it was like a pent up. We're ready to perform. We got this new album, um, Horizons East. It's complicated, <laughs> like the, there's some timing stuff. And, and Kinzer talks about it on, that, on that, that show about how like playing and singing it when you've created an album during a pandemic where the parts were not necessarily jammed out all the time is like a whole new experience. And so I, I loved how just dialed in all of it was.
0: And, and they played six songs off of that brand new record. Like a third of their set yeah. list was, was the brand new record. And I, there was a few songs that I, I had felt like I wasn't that excited to he- hear necessarily. Like, there's a few songs on the album I was like, ah, I, I like the song, nothing wrong with it, but it's like not my favorite. Like, I'd rather you play three or four off the n- new record that are just my favorites, and then let me hear some of the classics that I also want to hear. However, none of the ones that they ended up playing were disappointing in the least. Like, wh- when I got over my stupid idea of not wanting to hear them all, but it, it sounded great. <laughs> Particularly, they started the set <laughs> They started the set right off with the top the top two songs from the record, uh The Color of the Sky and Scavengers. And oh my everything everything during those two songs just felt like it was like a pure spectacle and like the whole room knew that it was. Yeah. And it sounded impeccable. <laughs>
1: So I don't ever want the show to sound like the record. I don't at all. This was like as close to a perfect performance of a track. Because they do have some tracks and things, right? Yeah. Like they are playing to a click because they have some complicated synth things and stuff going on. Um, but it's just like, it's just a wow when they are playing along with a couple of things and the complement of those things to the live performance and the complement of the lights and the screens on the stage. It wasn't like a laser show where it was distracting from the music. It was just like, it was like, welcome back. So yeah, I mean i thought that I thought that it was the compliment of the lights and the screens and the amazing performance was just a super good kickoff to that show.
0: They did they did the smart thing as well and they jumped right into Artists in the Ambulance right after those top two songs. Um I I don't necessarily agree with the way that, that people might think about this, but like I know that there's a huge chunk of fans that are there just there because of the stuff that Thrice was putting out. 12 15 years ago.
1: Uh Jesse. And, and that's Jesse it was that's almost all 20.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that like it's you know being a, a Thrice fan for now like Mike said 20 years in, and it doesn't feel like that sometimes because uh, I don't even know why. Something about the theory of relativity and Einstein and some shit. But uh <laughs> I was thinking, like seeing that show it's so much different. From seeing them at Jerry's Pizza back in 2004, when I was in a 200-person um, venue listening to all the brand new songs that just came off of the artist in the ambulance, and the whole crowd is going crazy, and it's like just that old, like teenage adrenaline, testosterone-fueled, um, trying to get the angst out kind of thing and like a good band should i think like jesse was like starting to get at they've progressed in like so many ways like musically they are so much better than they were back then lyrically with all the changes that dustin has gone through in the past decade or more um and the fact that that guy is always just searching and Reading and learning and trying to find truth. Um, every aspect of the band has changed, and the experience of the concert has changed with that. Um, I don't know exactly how to, you know, pinpoint it.
1: But you just said something. I thought of a word. Um, I've been uh, exploring the idea of like learning myself a little bit more. Like, do I want to continue learning things? um, in like a formal way, or do we learn things informally? And then how do you, I'm a director of professional learning, but how do I learn? Right. If I'm the person in charge of this thing. Um, and so as I'm wrestling with that, uh, I've had a few conversations with some different people in in academia and some people in some, you know, leadership roles and the idea of being a professor, um, I used to think that that's what I wanted to do someday for like a little while, and now I realize I, that's not what I want to do. Um, I think that Dustin Kendrew in many ways is kind of functioning in my life and maybe in yours as well in some ways as, as a professor. He's a person who's like learning on the edge of something and producing work that then a lot of us come to almost like we're coming to the well, right? Like, hey, I'm trying to navigate something and there's this person ahead of me who is sort of trying to, you know, has has the, the the space, the ability, and some some talent to be a fullback that's pushing through, processing some things, and then synthesizing it into something that maybe more simply I, I can understand um, and I can take on. And I, and I feel like one of the things I love is that he's been doing that since I was so young. And... You know, when we you know, <laughs> listened to identity crisis or whatever back in the day, it was there. and when when I got to grieving from losing a parent, uh, major minor was there. And when I got to, you know my own like wrestling with the world and what it means, uh, you know, like to be everywhere is to be nowhere is there and and album after album, it seems like it's tracking with where I am at personally trying to take on the world. Uh, I I
0: can't follow that up except to say yes. Yes, definitely. I'm right there. That is well said.
1: Thanks, Jesse. That's so nice of you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so. I I almost couldn't get that out of my mouth because my teeth are melting from the hops in this beer. Like, like, my teeth yeah. are, like, getting I'm soft. Sure. <laughs> oh,
2: man. Stripping the enamel right off.
0: Did you have any songs specifically from the set list that stood out that maybe you were most excited to hear or definitely most memorable? Maybe, yeah. What what, what stood out in your memory other than... Mention, we mentioned a couple songs already, but what, what was yours?
2: I think Scavengers. Um, That was a song that, like... I don't know, this whole album is... The last few thrice albums have taken me a few listens to to catch on to. Um,
1: Are you having trouble like like nudging your way like it's like a kid that climbs a tree and you're sitting on the branch and you're kind of scooting out and you're getting nervous out on the edge of the limb of the punk tree? Like, is, is it like too far out there that it takes you a while to feel like okay, I belong here?
2: Yeah, I'm very nervous about um, like what my people what people might think about me if I'm listening to something that's not death by stereo um
0: uh okay hey that's 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 the way I say it um
2: yeah but scavengers um started really clicking with me <laughs> before the show and then seeing them play it live just really kind of put that last nail in there
1: yeah dude it, it's almost like watching like old like Zeppelin or Rolling Stones how like just dudes dancing around on the stage with their guitars like that's kind of how it was it's yeah. just like it's just like a rock and roll song and yeah. you know i it's it's fun it was it's it's a it's a song that's like fresh it doesn't sound like anything else they've done it's like here we are
2: oh absolutely
1: dustin got out the uh, tambourine he did mm-hmm. he was shaking the tambourine at the beginning of that track right. yeah yeah it was
0: um he even yeah he even he even had his guitar down and he was holding a microphone singing. That doesn't. That's happen. right. He mm-hmm. was. <laughs> Anyways, um, the what 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 was one that stood out to me was um, a song that I'd never heard him play live. It was off of Paul. I knew you were going c- to say this. I, yeah. <laughs> I. I it, it was a song that was one of my favorite uh, off of that record, but I, I didn't think it was a song that I'd ever. Play live because as far as I knew, it wasn't really a fan favorite. I didn't. Among my friends that I know, the Thrice fans, they're not into the song. But it's it's "Just Breathe" off the Palms album, and it was in the set list. And I knew it was going to be in the set list because I'm one of those guys that goes on the sites where people list the set list for the bands that were on the previous uh, tour dates. Like, oh, what did they play? And I saw that it was on the set list, and I was really excited to hear it. And I was not disappointed. It was fantastic. Just breathe.
1: I I felt like Just Breathe. I was looking forward to it because I didn't know they were going to play it. Cause I, I peeked, right? I peeked behind the curtain to mm-hmm. see what they were going to play. Um, so I was kind of anticipating it. And then like that whole end to the, the set before the encore, the whole end to that. Um, lyrically, two of my favorite songs from the new record are Robot Soft Exorcism and Dandelion Wine and I was really anxious to hear Dandelion Wine live because I am a musician and it makes my like brain hurt to think about trying to perform it because it's so complicated timing wise and instrumentation wise and it was just...
0: The dynamics in the song are incredible and they came through perfectly
1: live. Because it's so patient, it takes so long and then boom. <laughs> just fantastic and then that backed up with like like that's me listening to hear something for the first time and then it's almost like the comfort food it's like the you know it's like the popeye's chicken sandwich at the end there when they went long defeat fire breather oh my gosh i didn't know if we'd ever hear that live again and then of course the earth will shake which is um a traditional closer it is a traditional closer and it's um It's an amazing, going back to like what Dustin Kinsrew and and all of them and Thrice kind of provide for a lot of us. I think that the earth will shake. You know, I usually get to hear them once a year. That's kind of like they go on tour and and it's usually like once a year we get to hear them. Uh, I am somebody who, uh, and not that you both aren't this, but just for myself, I'm somebody that really needs to hear explicitly, it's going to be all right. Like you're going to be okay. I need, I need someone to like look me in the eyes and say it sometimes. And this song is somebody like desperately bellowing and belting out that we can have hope and we can look forward to being okay. Um, And so for me, it's like a, I don't know. it's part of like a calendar rhythm for me where uh I just always feel like, oh thank goodness this is happening to me right now that my ears are exploding with this song playing. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, one other thing about about this show was uh, we went in uh, not knowing much about the opener. I, I had heard heard the band name before. The band was a uh, Touché Amour, and um, I, I had known of them but n- never really listened to them much. You know, I'm, I, that's okay. It's okay to not have listened to music, you guys. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you know you you talk about music a ton. You can't just know all of the music. But uh, Touche Amore, we, they, killed it. Oh yeah. I, I loved loved their sound, and I was completely into it, having new expectations. I was blown away. When I
1: and isn't it Touche Amore? There's an accent there. Yeah. Yeah. I like
0: pronouncing things correctly. Sure. Um oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I, so that yeah so Jeremy Bolm who I mentioned who has uh, the podcast. Um, I we walked in and they had started, like right when we got into the show. And I was captivated. I was I was so locked in. I think I told Jesse like immediately I was like, um I'm buying Their album like immediately Um, it was like the first thing that i did as soon as the show was over as i i went straight to the booth and uh, all the listeners at home like get it their their new record lament it's just so well done it's different and there's a super awesome little surprise on the record um one of our favorite songwriters jesse and i i think aaron can put up with him Uh, but andy hull comes on and it was like bells (laughs) i just i didn't know he was on the record i brought it home i threw it on the turntable and then uh, the a side ends and all of a sudden on the bridge the voice of of uh, sweet baby jesus christ andy hull um just like i mean he has one of the most beautiful voices i've ever heard uh his voice comes in and it's just like wow you have this sort of like post hardcore uh Almost spoken word vocalist. It's a little me without you ish for for listeners. Like, if you're thinking of like, think me without you, but more hardcore. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Andy Andy Cole um, comes um, in with this melody that's just like, it's like putting a a comforter on top of the music. Uh, It's just incredible. The show was tight. Uh, It was a perfect table setting for Thrice, I thought. Aaron, you were there. Oh, yeah.
2: And I wasn't familiar with Touche Amore at all before, so I think I came in like halfway through their set. Not really what to expect or if I should show up in time to see them. But I really wish I had been there for the entire set because they were really, really good. I don't remember a whole lot about them, but they were really, really good. And I have listened to them a little bit since then. And I look forward to
1: seeing him again. Um, the first ever podcast. That's the name of Jeremy Baum's podcast. Uh, he had Undie Hull on and he's had Dustin Kinsler and lots of other artists on. So if you want to check out another show, if you want to check out another show, I, I encourage you to go check out his. Um, I also think Jeremy Baum is straight edge. That's that's a little bit that's of a, a throwback. thing still. I think so. I think he is straight edge. Look at Aaron. Oh, man. You guys can't see him at home but or in your car, wherever you're listening. But he made a face like, what? Like You made, made a face like you smelled something bad.
2: Yeah, because I thought, well, I guess I'm just not up on the scene anymore.
1: <laughs> anyway, what a show, though. It was a fantastic show. I think we'll end there tonight, um, and, and we'll, we'll pick up our conversation again. We've been to some other great, great gigs um, that we'll catch up on. Uh, and more are coming. <laughs> it's not really going to stop. We mentioned Andy Hole. He's coming in a few, couple months. Um, we'll be at that for sure. Yeah, so this is going to be a two-parter. It is. It's a two-parter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. <laughs> um, shows are happening everywhere. We really encourage you to uh, to get some tickets if you feel comfortable getting out to a show, supporting some bands, Uh it's, it's time, and, and if you're not getting out to shows, buy their music. There's a lot of new stuff that's been coming out. Don't just stream it. Buy buy it. Buy the music, buy downloads, buy some vinyl, it's fun. You can buy vinyl, it looks cool, and it comes with a digital download. So why not do it? Support the bands. Um, but thank you for hanging out. We want to thank our, our, our network, Pantheon. They've got some cool stuff coming out all around the holiday time. So be on the lookout for that. Um, we also want to thank our sponsors. I know, uh, Aaron, you're like spitting into that AKG Harmon microphone still.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they've been awesome to to hook us up. Um, we got some other sponsorships that are, are coming down the pike. And so uh, you'll see some stuff on social media. You guys froze. You'll see some stuff on social media and uh, you'll hear us sharing some new products and some, uh, some new partners um, and partnerships that we've got coming along. So. Appreciate you hanging out, hit us up on the social media, check out some other shows in the network. Otherwise have a have a great day, night, weekend, whatever it is you're doing.